الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الناس قد جاءتكم موعظه من ربكم وشفاء لما في الصدور وهدى ورحمه للمؤمنين قل بفضل الله وبرحمته فبذلك فليفرحوا هو خير مما يجمعون صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين respected ulama ikram my respected elders and our dear brothers and young friends among the many ni'mats and bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us as believers one is the salient feature or aspect of adhan and alhamdulillah the adhan has been called out and we are taught to recite the dua after adhan and it has been mentioned that the time after adhan is a time for the acceptance of dua so together with reciting the dua after adhan a person should take a few moments to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a moment of acceptance. And the reason that has been given for the moment of acceptance is because a dua that is made for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is most definitely accepted. A'ati Muhammad al-wasila wal-fadila wa ba'athu maqaman mahmood. That is the dua that we make for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam and we know for sure that Allah Ta'ala will raise Nabi Kareem Sallallahu to Maqam-e Mahmood on the day of Qiyamah. And therefore, it follows that if a dua has been accepted and a person makes dua at that time, then that person's dua will also be accepted. May Allah wa Ta'ala make this month of Ramadan a special month for us, a life-changing month for us. May Allah wa Ta'ala turn our hearts in this month, cleanse our hearts, purify us, May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us a new beginning, grant us a new life in this month of Ramadan. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Laylatul Qadr. One other practice of the pious is that they used to make dua for Laylatul Qadr long before Laylatul Qadr. They should not wait for the last ten nights to say now it's the last ten nights so let us ask Allah ta'ala for Laylatul Qadr or let us search for Laylatul Qadr. But the search or the desire to acquire Laylatul Qadr used to start long before just as our desire and eagerness to reach Ramadan al-Mubarak starts long before Ramadan. So may Allah wa ta'ala grant one and all of us and the entire Ummah Laylatul Qadr. The Quran al-Kareem was revealed in the month of Ramadan, Shahru Ramadan al-Ladhi unzila fihi al-Quran. And by virtue of the Quran al-Kareem being revealed in the month of Ramadan al-Mubarak, Ramadan became the best month out of all months. The Quran al-Karim was revealed on the night of Laylatul Qadr. Inna anzalnahu fi Laylatul Qadr. By virtue of the Quran being revealed on the night of Qadr, the night of Qadr became the best night of all nights. Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salam 
was appointed to bring the wahi and revelation to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam and by virtue of him being the messenger of wahi he became the best angel the quran al kareem was revealed upon the heart of nabi kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam ala qalbika nabi kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam's heart and nabi kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam became rahmatul lil alamin khatamun nabiyyin sayyidul anbiya'i wal mursalin he became the best human the best person of humanity so the commentators explain that the quran al kareem has such power and quwwat that if it has to enter into the heart of a mu'min and believer if the quran al kareem is immersed into the heart of a mu'min then that heart has the potential to become the best of hearts among hearts so this should be one of our desires in the month of ramadan al mubarak one of our goals that we make the heart into the heart of the quran al kareem as much as the quran al kareem is the month of quran it is also the month of the heart and therefore nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam used to make certain duas very frequently for example the one dua that nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to make most often was the king of all duas and that is rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab an-nar we all know this dua nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to make this dua after every salah it is mentioned that when he used to meet someone and when he used to part he used to make dua he used to make this dua and like this he used to frequently make this dua another dua that is mentioned that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to make very frequently was the dua of changing the heart ya muqallib alqulub thabbit qalbi ala dinik this was another dua that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam made very often and very frequently and this dua should be made frequently at the time of iftar at the time of sahri and whenever we make dua then this dua should also be included into the duas that we make so this wahi and this revelation and this ni'mat and bounty of quran al kareem that allah taala has given us in our life to an extent it has become something that is not appreciated as well as it should be because the quran al kareem has been given to us in our lap it is has been with us from childhood and access to the quran al kareem is so easy and it is the nature of man that that which is acquirable easily it is, it is in his hand it is at his reach he tends not to appreciate it and this lack of appreciation is the cause of our spiritual degeneration and therefore in this month of ramadan one of our goals or one of our other goals also is to reestablish and to reignite and rekindle this very important priority of our life and that is the nisbat and the ta'alluq with al-Qur'an when we look at the lives of sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum we find that the Quran al-Kareem was revealed 
in their zamana, in their time, in their presence. And therefore they appreciated this wahi more than anyone else. There are many examples. The example of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And this demonstrates the ta'alluq and the conviction and the relationship that the Sahaba had with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with the wahi and the revelation of Allah ta'ala. When Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was falsely accused, the incident of if, as it is known, waqiyah if, she was innocent, but she was accused. Allegations were made against her chastity, her modesty. And everyone in Madinatul Munawwara, besides those who were tormenting her and who were making the allegations, were trying to console her. Her parents, her family, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But she was inconsolable. And Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala reached a point where she said, Oh Allah, and this is the relationship that the Sahaba had with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with the revelation. That, Oh Allah, I will now wait for you to exonerate me. She made a direct plea to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A direct request that, Oh Allah, I will only be exonerated and regarded innocent if you exonerate me. And lo and behold, we find that the ayat had come down an entire portion of the Quran al-Kareem in Surah Al-Nur declaring Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and his innocence. Another example is the example of a sahabiyah, a companion by the name of Khawla. Khawla bint Thalaba radiallahu ta'ala anha. Her husband's name was Aus bin Samit radiallahu ta'ala anhu. They had some matrimonial problem and the Sahabi separated her from him by using the words of zihar. Zihar is a concept where a person attributes the back of his wife to the back of his mother, meaning that he is separating her and she is now unlawful for him. And at that time, that type of situation would make a woman unlawful for her husband irrevocably, meaning there was no possibility of revocation. So when this happened, the Sahabiya came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and complained to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Rasulullah, I have spent my youth with this man. I have dedicated my life. I have devoted my youth and my life to this man. I have freed my womb for him. I have given him children many children. And I've even spent my money on him. He has spent my wealth also. And today, this is the outcome. This is what he does to me. Now I'm in my age or in my old age. Please find a way for me, Ya Rasulullah. Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam responds to her and says that at this present moment, there is no law that has been revealed with regards to this particular matter. At that time, the ayat and the verses were not revealed. And therefore, I cannot give you an opinion, I cannot give you a ruling on this matter. This woman had a few words with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa a discussion ensued. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala says she was in another room, she could not hear what the discussion was about. 
But this woman returned home and she went on to her musalla. Now here we're demonstrating the power of wahi and the conviction of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum who were the ones who were the direct recipients of wahi from Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. She goes on to her musalla and she complains directly to Allah Rabbul Alameen. And she says, Oh Allah, you know my difficulty and my plight. I, I now await your directive. Subhanallah. What happens? The heavens open and the revelation comes down. Most definitely, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has heard the complaint of the woman who complained to you and the discussion that she had with you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala named the surah after this particular woman, Al-Mujadala, the woman who complained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we can imagine the level of relationship, the conviction, the strength of iman and faith in the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll take one more example just to demonstrate and illustrate the power because this is what we need to appreciate and understand today for us to be able to utilize the same quwwat and power that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in the Quran al kareem There was another sahabiyah by the name of Umm Ayman radiallahu ta'ala anha. She was regarded to be the mother of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam because she was in the khidmat of the parents of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam before his birth also. She was of African origin. She was an Abyssinian. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave her the honor to be the caregiver of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the time of his birth. The first woman who held Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in her arms was Baraka, Umm Ayman radiallahu anha. Her name was Baraka. Her title was Umm Ayman, the mother of Ayman. So we just appreciate the relationship from where she is, from what point, from the point of birth. And she is with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam throughout his childhood. When the mother of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passes away at Al-Abwa outside Madina Munawwara, it is three of them, Amina, Umm Ayman and Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was there to share the tears of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam upon the death of his mother. And both of them buried the mother of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And like that, there is a lengthy biography regarding this particular personality. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passes away. The pain of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum is immense. We know the entire history and the seerah. Some sahaba went unconscious. Hazrat Abu Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu wanted to remove the head of a person who said that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has passed away. And like that, many of the sahaba were inconsolable. So the commentators explained that there were two losses that the sahaba were grieving over. One was the loss of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa physical presence. And this is in every mouth, in every death, this is what we grieve over. When a person passes away, a beloved family member, 
We do not grieve over the death that this person has now died. <coughs> because mouth is tuhfatul mu'min. But what we grieve over is we grieve over the departure of the person. The absence of the person. The fact that we are now unable to sit with that person and enjoy their companionship. To sit and talk with that person and to enjoy that person's company. This is what we grieve over. And this is what the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala would miss, would miss the most when Nabi sallallahu has now passed away. But the other thing that the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum missed most was the fact that now the wahi had terminated. That direct link and chain that they enjoyed with the presence of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would now no longer be with them. And this was something which the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum grieved a lot. So on one occasion, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala they come to Hazrat Umar Ayman radiallahu ta'ala the Sahaba used to visit her quite frequently because she was an elder and she was the mother of Nabi sallallahu in fact Nabi Karim sallallahu himself gave her the basharat of being his mother he said Umar Ayman is my mother after my mother and when she made a very difficult journey from Makkah al Mukarramah the Hijrah to Madinah to Munawwara the Nabi Karim sallallahu said oh my mother Jannat is now guaranteed for you because of the sacrifice that you have made in this hijrah. So he gave her the guarantee of Jannah also. Nevertheless, these two sahaba come to make ta'aziyah and to visit Umm Ayman radiallahu ta'ala anha upon the demise of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam that she is in the position of the mother of Nabi sallallahu who has lost her son. When they come to her house, they sit with her and they speak and they're giving her ta'aziyah and they're consoling her, she begins to cry. She is now weeping and they console her and they told her that do not cry O Umm Ayman, Nabi Sallallahu has gone to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, he is in a far better place etc. How we normally console a person. She responded to them and she told them I am not crying because Nabi Sallallahu has passed away and has left us. But the reason that I am crying is because that wahi and that revelation that used to come to us through Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has now terminated. And I am grieving over the fact that we will no longer enjoy the benefit of wahi from the heavens. So this was the position of this revelation of this Quran al-Kareem. And this is what we are trying to appreciate in this month of Ramadan al-Mubarak. That this lost link, this lost nisbat, this lost chain, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala re-establish it and restore it for us. Ya ayyuhan nas, O mankind, قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِذَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is demonstrating the specialities of the Qur'an al-Kareem. Mu'iza, it is a message, it's an invitation, it is a special call from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is advice, it is wa'az, it is nasihat. And وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ It is a cure for your ailing hearts. This is one of the greatest benefits of the Qur'an al-Kareem, that it is a dawa, it is a remedy, it is a cleanser, it is a shifa for us. And that is why the commentators of the Qur'an al-Kareem explain, Surah al-Fatiha is also known as a shifa. And Surah al-Fatiha, we normally read it and we blow in the water for shifa for our sickness and illness, which we should do, it is a sunnah, it is a good practice. But the greatest shifa that is found in the Qur'an al-Kareem and Surah al-Fatiha is the shifa of the heart. So when we are standing in Salah and we are listening to Surah Al-Fatiha recited by the Imam, then the niyat we make when the Imam is reciting Surah Al-Fatiha 
is that Surah Al-Fatiha is the medicine of my heart. It is Shifa for my heart. And if we do this for every rakat of every salah, then inshallah by the end of the month of Ramadan, we will regain the health of the heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spiritualize us, cleanse us, purify us through the Quran al-Kareem. وَهُدَوْ وَرَحْمَةً The Quran Sharif is hidayat, it is guidance, it is rahmat, it is mercy. لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ For those who believe in the Quran, who have yaqeen in the Quran, who love the Quran, who have time for the Quran, who cherish the Quran al-Kareem. And then Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُ This Quran Al-Kareem, this month of Ramadan, it is the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing can happen without the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not our legs that are standing in taraweeh. It is not the, our stomachs that are fasting, my dear friend. It's not us that are waking up for sehri. It's not us that are making dua. It is Allah Ta'ala's fadl. قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ and the greatest fazal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us is Al-Quran Al-Kareem. وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ And it is His mercy. It is only through Allah Ta'ala's mercy that we will be forgiven. It is only through Allah Ta'ala's mercy that we will enter into Jannah. فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Allah Ta'ala says that this is something that you should celebrate. Something that you should be extremely happy and ecstatic about. فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا This is the true success. This is the true enjoyment. This is the true celebration of a mu'min and a believer when we have achieved Qur'an al-Kareem, when we have appreciated the Qur'an al-Kareem, when we have absorbed the Qur'an al-Kareem, and when we have understood the Qur'an al-Kareem. فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُ So therefore the fuqaha and the ulama, they explain to us our relationship with the Qur'an al-Kareem is manifold. Some jurists have given over 30 different niyats and intentions that a person should make before he recites the Qur'an al-Kareem. Hidayat, nur, shifa, guidance, contentment, tranquility, easiness, protection, hifazat, muhabbat, nisbat, quwwat, prosperity, baraka, rahma, and the list goes on. Before we recite Qur'an al-Kareem, every niyat of good can be made. That's why Nabi ﷺ, before the day started, Allahumma inni as'aluka khaira hadha al-yawm. He asked for the good of this day. The good is not only how much we're going to make for that day, or how we're going to do our appointments, etc. But the good of that day is how much of goodness comes into this heart of ours. And the overall theme of the Qur'an al-Kareem, my dear friends, is that we should imbibe and absorb and live the spirit of the Qur'an al-Kareem. When Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala was asked that what is the character of the Qur'an al-Kareem? What is the life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa How would you explain the personality of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa She explained it very simply. The personality of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa is khuluquhu al-Qur'an. He was the living example of the Qur'an al-Kareem. And this is what we all require today. This is why our nisbat with the Qur'an al-Kareem has to be so strong so that we understand what is the spirit of the Qur'an. What is the message of the Qur'an al-Kareem? What is the requirement of the Qur'an al-Kareem? The Qur'an al-Kareem, my dear friends, requires us to be good people, good human beings, develop good character, develop humanity in us, 
together with all our ibadat, the zikr that we make, the fasting, taraweeh, sadaqah, charity, alhamdulillah, that is ibadah. That is done and must be done. But the greater call of the Quran al-Kareem is the behavior of a person. And this is what we desire in this month of Ramadan. The takhliya and the tahliya of the heart. To remove the negative traits and to imbibe the good character and the good examples of the Quran al-Kareem. And that is why if we go through the ayat of the Quran Sharif, the Quran al-Kareem speaks about the speech of a person, the politeness of a person, the generosity of the person, the tolerance of a person, the patience of a person, the peace of a person, the cheerfulness of a person, the reasoning of a person. Every aspect and demeanor of a human being is addressed in the Quran al-Kareem. How we conduct ourselves with others, how we speak to others, how we behave within the four walls of our home. How are we treating our spouses? How are we listening to others? How are we relating with people? What is our conduct? What is our akhlaq? What is our behavior? This is the real message of the Quran al-Kareem. And if we appreciate this wahi and we cleanse ourselves with the message of the Quran al-Kareem, then indeed we will have achieved the purpose and the goal and the maqsad of Ramadan al-Mubarak. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this ni'mat and bounty of tazkiyah and purification. It is said that the people of the Akhirah, those who have passed away, if they are asked that there is one thing that you want from this dunya, what will you ask for? People who now know the reality of both the worlds. They have lived in this world, they know the value of wealth, they know the value of this dunya, which is absolutely nothing, it is mata'ul ghurur. And they know the value of the Akhirah which is the true world. It is said that they will reply that we want one night of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. What we want is one night of the month of Ramadan. So we can understand and appreciate from this the value and the treasure of one night in the month of Ramadan al-Mubarak. Let us appreciate each moment of this month. Let us utilize this month. And there is a lot of explanation to this also. Because one night of the month of Ramadan means this person wants to come back and appreciate this one night which is premised on Al-Quran Al-Kareem. What do we do in the one night of Ramadan? Everything that we do in the night of Ramadan is directly linked to the Quran Al-Kareem. If a person is making dhikr, it is Quran. If he's making dua, it is Quran. If he's performing salah, it is Quran. Whatever the person is doing, he is linked to the Quran Al-Kareem. So the only thing that a person will want to come back to this world for is Al-Quran Al-Kareem and Ramadan Al-Mubarak. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in this Mubarak month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cleanse us and purify us completely in this month. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and protect the Ummah all around the world. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah.